Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ditch the Hustle podcast. I'm Amanda Rootsy. I'm Nicola Newman. And I'm Naomi Arnold. We're business coaches and founders of the Gentle Business Mastermind, which is a global year-long experience for kind-hearted entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, makers of beautiful things, creatives, coaches, teachers, writers, and small business owners. To us, gentle business is a choose-your-own-adventure rather than a one-size-fits-all approach, and we can't wait to go on this adventure with you. Now we invite you to take a moment to take a deep breath, shimmy your shoulders, roll your neck, and settle in for another conversation about growing your business gently. Hi there, welcome to this new episode on the Ditch the Hustle podcast. You are listening to Nay at the moment. So every now and again on the podcast, Mandy, Nick and I wanted to feature one of our guest mentors from the Gentle Business Mastermind. In the Mastermind, we have conducted a number of live interviews with a variety of experts while Mastermind members are on the line. We then store these interviews in our members portal. So members who couldn't attend live or have perhaps joined the mastermind in later years, can listen back to the mentor's wisdom and experience. These interviews are one of the many highlights of our experience of the mastermind too, because we as hosts learn so much from those who join us on the calls. Today, we thought we would share an excerpt of one of those interviews with you. And this excerpt features Stacey Jordan-Shelton. Without exaggeration, working with Stacey has changed my life in so many ways. So I was really excited about having an opportunity to interview Stacey in the mastermind because I knew that members would get so much out of what she would share with them. And they did. In the beginning of this segment that we've chosen, Stacey introduces herself. So I think without further ado, we'll just roll the clip as they say, enjoy. So to begin, Stacey, could you maybe share a little bit with everyone about what it is that you do and what you're excited about at the moment and maybe we'll set up the call that way and it might spark some people Uh, to jump in. What do I do? It's hard to describe what I do, right? Um, I'm a a coach and a consultant. My background is performance consulting, so my trade was really um, working in the business side of things. So... I would work with um, Fortune 500 organizations and business leaders to close performance gaps. So sometimes that was an efficiency gap. Um, Sometimes it was, you know, productivity, something that was affecting, ultimately affecting the profit, right? And as I started to do that work, I felt like there was a big piece of the work missing because we always focus on the process, right? It's like, well, if something is broken, you need to get in here and you need to retool the process and it's all the flow charts and it's all of the stuff. And we really leave out the human component. And so I started really, you know, part of the performance consulting, what they say is um, you're supposed to be looking at the things that influence performance, but they only look at a very narrow set of things, right? They say, um, you know, is it hiring fit or things like that? And I'm like, no, there's a little bit more that impacts how people show up. And so I started doing work to look at what keeps people from showing up and executing on the processes, what stops people from succeeding, what makes people hold themselves back. And that 
opened up a lot of stuff. As I started to do the work, it started being more around helping people get unstuck around their trauma, around social programming, around fear and how to navigate that, around how to navigate conflict. And so long story short, I, I help people get unstuck and look at the things that keep them, I say, stuck, stalling or sabotaging themselves, right? And a lot of the time, they're not even things that they realize or areas they realize that they're stuck in until you. No, we get, a lot of right? we get a lot of people telling you that, you know, you are the problem. And sometimes it's not. It's sometimes the way things are set up are the problem. Um, and so getting people free from all of that so they're not chasing things. And also um, stopping this narrative in, that goes on in our heads around, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, if only, if only, if only, if only I were different, if only I were thinner, if only I were louder, if only I were less, right? So stopping that and saying, okay, no, how can I root into being okay with myself and learning how to navigate and stop gaslighting myself and others because we're taught to do that as well so that we can just have some healthier ways of being with ourselves and with others. I think what's most important. Could you maybe share with the group what you mean by gaslighting? Because I know a lot of, there are a lot of people that don't always understand what it is. The easiest way to me to explain gaslighting is when you're blaming someone else for things that you did or how you show up, right? And it happens a lot in abusive relationships. So like, you know, it's like somebody that gets angry. Some, you know, you make somebody angry and they hit you and then they go, well, had you not made me angry? <laughs> Instead of taking responsibility for the fact that maybe I should not have, you know, that's not the way I need to respond in anger. Um, but it's when people start to shift blame. Like it's te- classic blame shifting as opposed to taking ownership for what I do, right? It's saying, I'm not responsible for what I did. These people over here are responsible for what I did. So it's really trying to avoid accountability and responsibility in a way that we shift blame. And the way that I talk about gaslighting yourself is when you take on the responsibility for things that you didn't cause, that you didn't create, right? And so the best example I see, um, especially women gaslight themselves is around boundaries, right? So you set a boundary and someone is angry and ends the relationship. And then we start to second guess ourselves and go, well, if I hadn't set the boundary, if I hadn't said no, if I, you know, if I had just stuffed how I felt about this situation and didn't speak up for myself, right? Um, that's a way that we gaslight ourselves instead of going, no, it really was not okay that this person overstepped their bounds or this person, you know, um, said these awful, nasty things to me. You know, like we talk ourselves out of being okay with standing up for ourselves and letting people be responsible for the harm that they do. So when people do harmful things and we say no, um, you know, oftentimes people treat you badly, right, for saying no, as opposed to holding the person who did the harm responsible. And that's how gaslighting works, right? It's when you treat the person who did the harm um, as less responsible than the person that is being harmed, right? Thank you for explaining that. I think that is, uh, it's so huge. I know even for myself, when I had a basic understanding of gaslighting from my psychology degree, but always in the context of of abuse and and that side of things, I had never really contemplated it from 
this context or even for gaslighting myself. And when you start to become aware of that, you start to see it in a lot of places. <laughs> Elevating the, you know, because it's really, and I think a lot of this is just my performance co- consulting work. It's like always getting to root cause as opposed to just the surface level piece. So gaslighting is, is, is a behavior. So it can happen in, in different contexts. Um, but we tend to use it in a very narrow context of like physically abusive relationships or like, you know, emotionally abusive relationships. But when you look at how we operate and how we're taught to operate um, societally, a lot of it is couched in really abusive, toxic ways of relating. And so you see it um, in, in a lot of different contexts. Mm. And can you touch on maybe, because I think this connects with a lot of what you're saying is, and I hope I get this right, is your, your phrase, because it's always ringing in my head around getting free as a process and staying free as a practice. And I yeah. feel like that is just having that in my head. I was just saying this to Ellen, one of our members, when she was visiting recently, we're walking on the beach and I shared this with her. I'm like, that is in my head so often now. And it's helped me with like all the things, everything. Yes. I mean, I say getting, I say staying free is a process or getting free is a process, staying free is a practice because we are literally taught the opposite. And so when you're starting new behaviors, like you may realize, oh, I realize I need to make this change. And you may have this real, you know, you may have a moment of clarity around, oh, I see the pattern, but it takes time to shift into new patterns. Some of these responses are automatic for us, right? Um, If you've only, if, if, if the way you were taught to respond to somebody making you angry was yelling, right? And then you realize, okay, that's not effective. That's not okay. That's, you know, that's not a good way to communicate or manage conflict. You literally have to practice then. Like if that's your trigger response to that, then you literally have to start to, to be intentional in the moment and say, when you get angry, because you're going to go to those automatic responses. So you have to start practicing showing up differently. You have to start practicing doing different things. And that goes for everything. Like, you know, what we were talking about today in um, Ascend about, you know, retraining myself to not feel like every bit of work has to be done before I'm allowed to go have some fun, right? Like, it means in the moment when I have that little thought that says, no, I can't, I don't have time to go outside right now because I still have these five things that I wanted to get done today and going, nope, those things are still going to get done. What do I need to do to ensure that they get done and still go have some fun, right? So that, those are those, it's a moment to moment choice and then a practice to do something differently each time. And that's how you start to develop new patterns and you start to eventually let those old things go. Mm-hmm. And as Ellen's written here in the comments, it allows you to be kind of generous with yourself in the way that you think. And I think, and like allowing it to be a practice is, or reminding myself that it's a practice, like gives me space to forget and stuff up sometimes and go, it's a practice. I'm still working on it. It's all good. And that, you know, give, be gentle with yourself. Be, you know, like I would say, you didn't develop any of this stuff overnight. It's not going to just miraculously, you know, disappear overnight. You know, psychologists and people like to say it takes 21 days. For me, it takes me longer than 21 days. But I still have to, like, practice. And then eventually, like, I'll look back and it's like things that I used to do, I don't 
you know, I just don't do them anymore or ways that I used to respond. I just don't because I've, you know, developed a practice of showing up differently. Mm. And I'm, I'm finding for me personally, the whole juggling act hustle side of things, which I know you talk about a lot as well. So we might unpack some of that shortly, but I, I find that the more that I've begun to work on that and creating more space in my life for me and to feel more centered and grounded, the better I am at being able to actually pause in those moments and show up in a different way because otherwise I've just got like, I don't know, it's like this monkey brain thing. I'm jumping from next to ne- next moment and I'm not really being present and catching those moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so another one, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for helping me work on that. <laughs> like, like, I feel like that's the work. Like if I can do the work of getting clear and grounded, like the work, then it's easy. Then the copy I need to write flows. Then the idea about what I need to do next comes. Mm. Like the grounding and being clear about what, and being honest, right? Like, you know, I talk a lot about be, like telling yourself the whole truth. Because if you're not willing to tell yourself the truth about what you want, anything you're pursuing or doing is going to be false. And so getting really grounded and being honest about, you know, what you're upset about, what you're afraid of, what you're, you know... Uh, what you really want, what you really want things to look like. If you're not clear and honest there, then everything else is, then it's like you're, you're veering out of the lane, right? Because you're not really clear on the real direction because you really haven't been honest. So your compass is off. So you, that means you'll be, you know, led off the path. And you might not even know why. You just look up and you're not happy or you're feeling unfulfilled or everything feels like a struggle or like so much work. Um, and so being grounded and being clear and people roll their eyes, like, I want to do a to-do list, Stacy. And I'm like, did you work on, you know, did you do your ascend planning this week? You know, it, it sounds like really woo and really hokey, but grounding in and thinking about what you want things to look like and feel like help facilitate the ease and flow and manifestation for me. Mm. So maybe we can touch on a bit, I know you talk a bit about, well, a lot about hustle culture and, and how these things connect with that. And obviously being the gentle business mastermind, that's why people are here. They're, they want to break free of that and they want to do things a different way. So I'm sure they would love to hear about your thoughts on the hustle and on your yeah. thoughts on how you work through that. <laughs> Let me get my notes. Um, no, I, I, I loathe hustle culture. Like, it's just very, um, you know, I talk a lot about gaslighting and I talk a lot about toxic culture. And hustle culture is all couched in that, you know, how bad do you want it? You just need to work, 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 hard, 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 hard. And I'm like, whatever. If hard work was a thing that got you there, everyone would be rich, right? Like, it's not the hard work that gets you there. And it totally bypasses the fact that a lot of these people who are always talking about hustle also have a lot of support. And so people are killing themselves trying to match. Like I I equate it to an individual trying to compete with Walmart, right? Like Walmart has thousands of employees and, you know, tons of departments and you know, like, and so we're, you know, like you hear the, you hear the, and this is a classic gaslighting statement. You hear people say stuff like, you know, Beyonce, you have just as many hours in a day as Beyonce. And I'm like, 
Beyonce has a team of folks and billions of dollars. And Beyonce is not cooking her own meals. Beyonce is not cleaning her own house. Beyonce doesn't do anything that Beyonce does not want to do. Beyonce has oodles and oodles and oodles of support, right? Um, And we pick up on this, you know, you got to work hard, you got to work hard, you got to work hard. And I have done both, right? And so I'm not just saying something that I don't believe it works. I'm saying the hustle culture is BS. It does not work. I have tried the hustle, 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 hustle. And I have tried the, let's do some intentions and manifesting and go play. And if you want to know which one got me more stuff, it was not the hustle. It was not the hustle. And I was shocked um, because I am like the quintessential Capricorn. I love working. I love creating. I love doing. And my biggest successes did not come from hustling. My biggest successes came from aligning. My biggest successes came from like literally, you know, doing more of my spiritual work than the tactical work, right? And not to say that I don't do the tactical work. You have to do the tactical work. I have to actually show up, right? Like if I'm selling a mastermind, I, you know, maybe it can happen that I don't, you know, that if I don't say a word, it's going to fill up, but that's probably not likely, right? But it also doesn't mean that I had to work 18 hours a day every day to get it done. It means feeling into what I wanted this thing to be and how I wanted it to go and what I wanted it to to accomplish. And then letting the plan flow from there and executing on that plan with some ease as opposed to this, you know, I need to be posting 15 times a day on every social media platform or this thing is going to fail, right? Um, it's more flow and ease and intention than it is just showing up and like killing yourself and working yourself with no breaks, with no rest. Cause it's just not healthy. Mm. It's not healthy. Yes. Well, but I want to get you, can you maybe explain to people your safety, sacredness, support kind of framework? Because I feel like that can be applied to different things. Maybe even this context we're talking about and, and can be another useful little tool in their pocket. Yep. So I did um, some work and I did an unraveled on love and relationships. And what I have discovered for like what people need, and I think this is in, this is it in work relationships. This is in personal relationships, friendships, family. I think there are three things that people need to thrive. And I feel like people need to feel safe. They need to feel supported and they need to feel sacred or valued. And so whenever things are feeling off, I always ask people to tune into those three and figure out what you need to feel safe, what you need to feel sacred, and what you need to feel supported. And know that those are fluid and that they shift, right? So they shift based on capacity, right? If you're ill, like physically ill, um, what you need to feel safe, supported, and sacred might be a little bit different than if you're healthy and everything is fine. If you're grieving, what you need to feel safe, sacred, and supported might be a little bit different. And so knowing what you need to feel safe um, helps you set boundaries, helps you um, just understand what you need. Like, Because when you don't feel safe, you, you, know, you feel like you, know, you have no foundation, right? And You can't operate from a sense of not feeling safe and not feeling held, right? And so really leaning into and asking yourself, what do I need? 
And a lot of times when we're angry or fearful, it's because we don't feel safe. Um, and so asking yourself, you know, when you're angry or when you're upset or when you're feeling resentful, what do I need to feel safe? What do I need to feel supported? What do I need to feel sacred? Like when any of those things are off, that's when you see resentment popping up. That's when you see anger popping up, tiredness and fatigue because you're over giving it like so much stuff is tied to that. And so when I am feeling off, I'm always checking into those three, especially when I'm angry, right? Especially when I'm angry, like for me, um, and well, and, and I know we know this anger and fear are usually tied together. Like if people are angry, I'm always like, what are you afraid of? What's the underlying fear under that? And so I'm asking myself, what do I need to feel safe? What do I need to feel sacred? What do I need to feel supported? And figure that out. And then that shapes everything. That lets me know what boundaries I need to set. Um, that might need to let me know where I need some more rest. It may let me know where I need to get help in my business. Um, it might let me know where I need to ask my partner for more support around the house so that I can get some things done that I haven't been getting done. Right. So like all of those things. Um, and like so when like when I said, when you start to feel irritable, resentful, angry, sad, tired, you know, check in on those three. They will lead you to a wealth of information about what you need and what you might need to be asking for or what you might need to shift. Mm. You've built that into your Ascend planning for your group and, and I was inspired by that to build it into even my daily journaling practice now. So I ask myself every day, what do I need to do to feel safe, supported and sacred today? I build it into Good. everything that I do. Yeah. Thank you. We hope you found this segment of the interview with Stacey as useful and inspiring as we did if you would like to connect with Stacy, you can find her work at stacyjordanshelton.com. That is S-T-A-C-I jordanshelton.com. Thanks for listening. And that wraps up this Ditch the Hustle podcast episode. We sure hope you enjoyed it. If this conversation stirred up a desire in you to explore what doing business gently might mean to you, you can get direct support, guidance and tools from Amanda, Naomi and myself in the Gentle Business Mastermind. It's an experience that supports new entrepreneurs and existing business owners to grow their businesses gently, sustainably and consciously. Along the way, you'll meet an incredible community of guest mentors and other gentle business masterminders from around the globe who you can both get support from and offer support in return while you explore growing your own business in alignment with your heart, vision, values and energy. Registration for the Gentle Business Mastermind is open in February to early March of 2020. You can find out more about it at gentlebusinessmastermind.com where you can also download our free Grow Your Business the Gentle Way ebook. It's full of inspiring tips and prompts to help you do business gently in your own way. Until next time, we wish you a truly beautiful day ahead. Mm-hmm.